Hey, Rodney Jane here. Not to point out the obvious, but it's end of financial year. At Bob Jane T-Mart, get up to $150 instant cash back on brands like Pirelli, Dunlop, Beef Goodrich, Continental, Bridgestone, Moto Sport X, and more. Alloy wheels from $125 and quality tyres from only $69. That's right, just $69. And we won't be beaten with our best tyre price guarantee. Call or shop online today at Bob Jane T-Mart's. We'll look after you. T's and C's apply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news, powered by race fuels in association with Bob Jane T-Marts. From supercars to club racing, race fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need them. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Each week, multi-award winning journalist Mark Fogarty brings the big stories and talks to the big names. If it matters in motorsport, you'll hear it first, right here on Parked Up Plus. Coming up, new Ford Furor. Parody argument heats up in Darwin. Brody Kostecki, close to NASCAR deal. Supercars 2024 calendar update. Motorsport Australia. Standing firm on voice vote support. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus. Here's folks. Hi there, race fans. Coming to you this week from the top end after an eventful Darwin Triple Crown. Tropical winter weather made it a hot weekend, but the temperature around Hidden Valley Raceway and in the cars was mild compared with the heat among the Ford teams after yet another Chevrolet drubbing. Parity is now an even bigger issue, if you can believe that, with Ford and Blue Oval team bosses publicly up in arms over what they claim the weekend confirmed is a clear disparity that's crippling the Mustangs in the races. The Parity row is now set to rage ahead of next month's Townsville 500, with Ford teams calling for urgent action. The eruption of dissent overshadowed the pair of fairy tale small team race wins. Veteran Mark Winterbottom scoring Team 18's first victory on Saturday, and then Jack LeBrock delivering Matt Stone Racing's maiden success in the final race on Sunday. Their breakthroughs in Camaros only incensed the Blue Oval Brigade even more, highlighting in their minds that the disparity is all about the cars, not the teams. As we pointed out last week, their concern is now not so much about engine performance, but more an aerodynamic deficiency. The issue is a lack of downforce that accelerates rear tyre wear, meaning the Mustangs, despite plenty of straight line speed, can't match the Camaros in racing conditions. The most moderate of the outspoken Ford team bosses, led by Tickford's Tim Edwards and WAU's Bruce Stewart, was Mustang homologation squad DJR's chief, David Noble. Well, Davison scored a strong third on Saturday in what was otherwise yet another difficult weekend for DJR. Now, while Noble acknowledges that the team needs to keep improving, he agreed the weekend's results require urgent action by supercars in time for the Townsville 500. Yeah, there's no doubt there's... There's got to be more discussions, there's more work to do, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we, we've been particularly been working hard with supercars behind the scenes as the homologation team. But yeah, I think, you know, the results out of the weekend will, 
indicate that, yep, there's, there's more conversations to be had, you know, pretty quickly. As you say, you've been working with supercars. They're obviously working away behind the scenes, but it's becoming increasingly clear that and certainly now something more has to be done before Townsville. Yeah, well, I think a good indicator of that is of our fans. You know, our fans are, are frustrated, you know, across the board of wanting to see, you know, us being able to not only compete, but to be able to have a capacity to win races. Um, so they're the conversations that we've got to continue to pick up. Parity debate has dogged the introduction of Gen 3 and there'll be plenty more noise in the next few weeks. Supercars says its technical working group will, quote, work closely with the homologation teams leading up to Townsville. Well, make of that what you will. The feel-good story of the weekend was Mark Winterbottom finally winning Team 18's first race. And that's not to diminish MSR's first win, delivered emphatically by now two-time race winner Jack LeBrock. A great effort by the tight-knit truck assist racing squad. But for Team 18, well, it's been a long and expensive road for team owner Charlie Schwerkolt and also for Frosty. It's his first race win in seven years. The 42-year-old has won a Supercars crown and a Bathurst 1000, but he rates his drought-breaking win as one of his best ever. Oh, it's one of the most special I've had, to be honest. Um, you know, any win in this category is, is, is tough, you know, like I, I keep saying it, but it's, it's bloody tough and it's getting harder. It's not getting easier, it's getting harder. And um, you just got to battle, you got to get everything right. Everything has to go right. And um, yeah, to win it with Team 18, you know, even this year for the, the guys and girls, they've, they've built their own car. There's, there's, everything's done in house. So I'm so proud that we've won it that way too. You know, like when I joined with Charlie, I thought like, let's, you know, Let's build this up, one car, two car, get this guy, get that guy, go poach him, go poach that. And it's very hard like, to get the perfect crew around you. And um, we've got young guys, old guys, like a bit of everything. And to win it um, and to come in and share that moment, um, yeah, it's one of the most special ones because the Tickford wins really, like the team just did everything and you rocked up and drove. I'm so invested here in what goes on behind the scenes. People don't see it, but so invested and um, yeah, you feel even more special because you've contributed in, you know, off track as well as on track. What's more, Frosty doesn't rule out more upset wins. Sure, like I think, you know, you win one, why can't you win two? You know, that's got to be the mentality. But we've got areas, um, you know, we need to tidy up. We're not, we're not perfect. Um, but that's a good part. It's the enjoyable part about this team is that we've got so much growth opportunity and, um, you know, it's such a fun environment and it'll be more fun when we're winning. And that yesterday, you know, I can just feel that the morale's always been good. When we're fixing panels and shit, the car's just a mess. Everyone still pumps their music, they're laughing, they're having fun. It's a really good crew. Um, but, you know, we need to believe and one win, we're as good as everyone else and one can become two, you know. We're obviously, when the test will be towns, we'll see how we back it up. As the saying goes, one day a rooster, the next day feather duster. <laughs> it's a cruel sport and, and the Sunday here has brought you back to earth a bit, hasn't it? It has, but even yesterday I'm very humble with the win. It's not like, you're not one of those guys going, oh, we're going to win championships, we're going to win it. Like, we won one and it's like, that is bloody amazing. Let's go reset and we'll celebrate next week because 
any win and any achievement a team has, whether it's a pole position or first podium or, you know, this team had Ian's first win. So it's a big moment, you know, and we'll, um, we'll celebrate it. And then, you know, today, you know, we got done in the pits a bit in that one. I think we could have got third in that one, in that last race. And then uh, we went early in qualifying, qualified 23rd. It's like, we're still making little mistakes. Um, where some of the big guys that have got confidence, like the, the T8s, and every week they're nailing it. And that's, that's our next challenge. Tick one, get a win. Um, two, top fives, get podiums, be that consistent team. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm loving my time here, but I, I love a weekend with a win <laughs> far more than a tough weekend. So that's what we need to do. Winterbottom is locked in at Team 18 until the end of next year. Much more from Frosty in the full interview, which you'll hear in Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday. Brody Kostecki escaped a tough weekend at Hidden Valley, still clinging to the title lead from Erebus teammate Will Brown. Kostecki says he made the most of what he had and is optimistic the team will bounce back at the tough Townsville street circuit. Yeah, I mean, we didn't um, show up, you know, with the speed that we've had the last couple of rounds and just didn't really maximise this weekend, to be honest, and had a bad qualifying and put us back in the last race there and then got caught up in an incident at the hairpin and, um, you know, that's sort of what happens when you don't qualify too well. So, um, yeah, we'll bounce back at Townsville and, um, yeah, just sort of go from there. But, yeah, all in all, not a terrible weekend, but just not, you know, what we've been used to. And you should be pretty handy on that rough and tumble street circuit up there. Oh, I hope so. Um, yeah, well, um, you know, they're two long races up there and it'll be pretty hot up there as well. So, um, yeah, we had really good race pace here, just um, didn't really capitalise on qualifying. So, yeah, I'm sure the cars will be fast and we'll bounce back. Over the weekend, Kostecki confirmed his recent Erebus-organised visit to the States was a success, opening doors for a drive in a NASCAR event later this year. Yeah, it was a great experience. Obviously, got to... Um, you know, both the uh, two race engineers, um, George Cummins, you know, my engineer, and Tom Moore, and obviously to take Will there as well for his first race. And, um, yeah, got to meet some really cool people and, um, you know, got to hang out with RCI, obviously, and, uh, you know, Kyle Bush and his team, you know, which was awesome. And just got to, you know, experience, you know, a bit of a different life over there. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can learn a few things from over there and, you know, bring it back here. And, um, yeah, and might be able to do a race here or there maybe later in the year. Yeah. So there is that prospect that you might get a drive or two over there. Yeah, I'm trying to, but um, yeah, we'll just see how, how it all plays out. And uh, I don't want it to interfere with anything that's going on here. And, um, you know, this is my main priority. And, um, yeah, we're doing a great job this year. So that's my focus. And that interest, is it for principally road course or street? Well, it's only one street race, so that's gone. Road course races or ovals or what? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing either either. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, it'd be cool to just get a shot. So we'll see if the stars align and see what we can come up with. So, but you've talked to someone, some people over there and they've expressed interest, just to clarify. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people over there and yeah, we'll just see what comes up. It was later confirmed by Kostecki's manager that the announcement of a deal is imminent. He'll be following in the tyre tracks of Shane Van Gisbergen, about to head over to the States to prepare for his NASCAR debut in the July 2nd Chicago street race. By now, supercars had hoped to lock in the renewal of the Newcastle 500 and a return to New Zealand next year. But as supercars supremo Shane Howard reveals to Parked Up Plus, talks for those events are dragging on as expectations of 15 events or more in 2024 continue to mount. 
obviously we're looking, you know, it's looking favourable for uh, Newcastle, where we've got extremely strong support from uh, from the city of Newcastle, and we've also got, um, you know, we've got a great relationship with um, DNSW and, and and the state. So um, yeah, hopefully within two weeks we'd be looking to uh, to get an answer there. So um, yeah, but I think. Uh, all in all, we'll, you know, I think we'll we'll be looking good there, which will be great. New Zealand, kind kind of a similar time frame. You know, I think as I've said previously, um, you know, you you would always like these answer earlier, but working with governments and process, etc., they they never actually come together as quickly as sometimes the time frame that you apply to them. But yeah, we're not we're not too far away. And uh, from New Zealand, um, Tim Watsford is uh, leading the charge on that with us and he's in um you know we've completed all our submissions um they'll you know they'll have a very extensive uh review uh period and 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 process but yeah i i think um yeah we at the moment we're looking pretty good and it's been mentioned that looking at at least 15 events next year and you know putting new zealand back in and winton have put their hand up QRs around. So is that what we're looking at, 15 or more? Uh, to be honest, I don't put a number on the events, right? Um, you know, our focus is really to get the calendar locked down. Every event has to be, you know, it, it has to suit what we're doing in the calendar, the time frames, you know, in getting our rhythm with our calendar. They need to be in the right, um, in, in the right uh, areas for weather patterns, etc. So you know we're we're open to it, but you know that that'll evolve. Um, the primary focus is to lock down the existing events that we've got um, in, in New Zealand, and then we can look at outside opportunities from that. There seems to be though a pretty universal desire, if not demand, well certainly more than twelve events, and I'm not talking thirteen. <laughs> Look, um, I think, you know, if you ask everybody, they'd like to do more events, um, you know, but they've got to be the right events and they've got to be financially, uh, you know, the, um, you know uh, the, all the economics and the finances need to be right and they need to be the right event for our, our sponsors and our teams as well. So, you know, we're open to those opportunities. But as I said, each event needs to have a full assessment applied to it in regard to what it delivers jointly for the uh, championship and the teams and the fans. Shane Howard is still aiming to announce next year's calendar in early October before the Bathurst 1000. More after this short break. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast is all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Still on supercars. And a popular visitor to the Darwin Triple Crown was Simona Di Silvestro. It was her first trip back since her last season here in 2019, amid rumours that she had been in line for a wildcard entries with Wapenshaw and Andretti United. Simona did the rounds of the paddock at Hidden Valley 
and she remains very much open to the idea of a Bathurst co-drive in the future. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be back, just seeing everyone. You know, I haven't seen uh, a lot of people for over three and a half years, and uh, it was, uh, you know, I was on, uh, on holiday in Bali, and then I was like, you know, it, it's kind of close to Australia, so I should come and see everyone, to be honest. I was planning to do that for a long time, and uh, uh, it's yeah, decided to come up here to Darwin because I figured I'll see most of the people that I know here and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's cool to see, cool to be back. <laughs> Have you missed supercars? Um, yeah, you know, I, I really had a good time here when I raced here, but for sure, you know, I think I had a lot of cool things happening as well in the meantime. Uh, but yeah, you know, I always watch the races. I try to watch as many as I can, you know, and especially the Bathurst and stuff like that. I uh, always kind of keep an eye on it, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Bathurst, there's been a lot of talk that you were in the frame at one stage for a co-drive or a drive in a wildcard entry, which didn't happen. Did it get quite close though? Oh, uh, you know, it's funny, like, there's always this rumour going around, you know, every year and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, there's always a little bit of talk, but you know, so far, nothing has, uh, has come together. So, uh, so. Yeah, it always kind of gets close, but then it doesn't. So we'll see what happens in the future, yeah, I would say, yeah. <laughs> and you've been catching up with people here at Hidden Valley Raceway and talking. I mean, clearly you're available <laughs> to co-drive at Bathurst at some stage. So, I mean, have you had any discussions, didn't you have vague interest? Uh, well, I, you know, I did see a lot of people and for sure, you know, I think people know that I would be definitely interested in uh, coming to Bathurst, you know, I think it's one of those races, it's a bit like Le Mans in the 500, you know, if you, I think as a driver, if you can have the time to do it and get the chance to do it, you, you want to do it and uh, yeah, I don't know, we'll see what happens, you know, I, I'm, I'm open to it, but you know, I think uh, a lot of pieces have to come together and it has to be uh, uh, kind of the right opportunity, I would say, and uh, yeah, just the pieces have to fall into place to, to make it happen, I would say, yeah. Di Silvestro emphasised that her visit was a holiday, not a reconnaissance trip, as she had been in Jakarta as Porsche's Formula E reserve driver. And again, you can hear the full interview with Simona Di Silvestro on Parked Up on Thursday. Motorsport Australia is sticking to its guns despite savage social media backlash to its support of the Yes vote in the Voice referendum. The governing body's chief executive, Eugene Rocker, is adamant the criticism isn't representative of the membership, as well as emphasising its stand isn't a directive. Uh, not in terms of direct reaction. I've had um, 38 emails that I've received and I've answered them all directly. Um, I've had three that are in support and 30, 35 that are against. Um, and they range from a variety of, don't get involved in politics, how dare you cast my vote, um, there's some racist comments in there, which is pretty unfortunate. Um, so if you're talking about 40 people or thereabouts having contacted me directly out of a potential 100,000 members, when you include our car clubs, that's fairly small. I'm aware of a change.org petition of about 2,500, 3,000 people. We did a spot random check of that and 50% of the people we checked were not members, not even members of Motorsport Australia. So. I think it is what it is. There are going to be people who are upset about it. And I've responded to all of the people by saying it's not political. The organisation has made its position uh, as an organisation, but not representative of its members. We haven't instructed members how to vote. In fact, we were very careful to say that members should make their own decision. So, but somewhere people have lost that and we've been attacked for 
how dare you represent my views? And I think at the end of the day, um, we've made a position clear. We think we look at, and I know this is a long answer, I'm sorry, but it's about looking at the whole of the sport, our role in the whole of the sport, and our role in the whole of Australian sport, and we felt it was an important position to make clear. So to be clear, it's the organisation lending its support to the yes vote, but not instructing the membership to vote that way. So it's it's still being left up to the individual. Absolutely, unequivocally, we can't vote for members, and we didn't do a straw poll. We didn't go out to our members and ask because it was never it was never meant to be representative of our members. And I think that's where people have struggled. They think that we've undermined their position in some way. And I've, I've, it's in the letter. The letter says members are encouraged to go away and consider their position. But we stand for unity. We think sport is a fantastic unifying, uh, has a fantastic unifying capacity. We are trying to diversify our sport, Mark. It is very male, pale and stale. You know that. Um, and I think we've come a long way. And this is the sort of thing that we believe was really important for the organisation. So Motorsport Australia is sticking to its guns, not changing a position on the yes vote. We're not going to change it. Well, the board made the position. Management completely supports that position. There'll be no change. It was, of course, the sport's Indigenous round at Hidden Valley, but Supercars decided not to take a public stand on the voice referendum after canvassing the opinion of team owners. Meanwhile, Arocca is confident a new permanent track will happen in New South Wales, even though the proposal for a second circuit at Bathurst is, well, it's effectively dead. Well, we're sort of one step to the side on that one. We've been pursuing other opportunities. If I've been completely honest, I always felt it had some challenges. There was some, in, there was some Indigenous sacred site issues. There had to be some work to be done. Quite frankly, it's been long in the tooth, and I think the government has decided that there was a timeline, but it hasn't been met. Now, having said that, I can tell you that it takes a long time to get a track built from go to woe. Um, I would think that with a new government in place, state at level, our discussions with them suggest that they want to look at the New South Wales infrastructure and come up with a strategy. I suspect if they did that, Bathurst second track wouldn't be an option. I would think that there would be a powerful argument to look at venues outside of Sydney, but not Bathurst. I think Newcastle is one that comes to mind. And so we'll be devoting our efforts to talking to the government around, find the strategy for where the next track should be and we'll work with you. Like we did in South Australia with Tail and Bend, like we're doing with Avalon. And I think that's a really sensible approach. Let's see what's in stock, make a decision based on really sound reasons. Because? New South Wales desperately needs at least one more permanent circuit, doesn't it? Every other state seems to be moving positively towards generating more track infrastructure. Um, this was a state that 12 months ago, well, even less than that, were offering 100 million US allegedly per annum to bring a Grand Prix to their state and to allegedly build a track in Western Sydney. And here they are, well, sorry, and here we are with a, the largest state for participation beholden to one track and I think that's just unacceptable and what's the message we're going to give to the New South Wales uh, sports minister he's settling in we will get an audience with him and the first thing we'll talk about is look at what all the other states are doing what is your plan and how can we help you and I'm really confident that that government will see the bigger picture and the opportunity that it presents to get a second venue back after this important message race fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. 
and its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. It was another big weekend in racing right around the world. Here with a roundup of all the action here and abroad is Network R's Heath McAlpine, thanks to our partner, Bob Jane Seamouts. The Repco Supercars Championship returned to Hidden Valley Raceway in Darwin where the Chevrolet domination continued last weekend. Mark Winterbottom and Jack LeBrock both broke through for their respective teams while Brock Feeney took his fourth win of the season. Brody Kostecki continues to lead the championship despite a lowly finish in race 15 as he is 59 points clear of teammate Will Brown. It was a clean sweep for Darwood in the second round of the Painter Dixon Porsche Carrera Cup Australia Championship as Jackson Walls continues to lead the series after winning at Albert Park and a consistent run of podiums in Darwin. The Battery World Aussie Racing Car Super Series round at Hidden Valley was won by Cody Brzezinski after two race wins, but series leader Joel Heinrich extended his margin after taking the opening two encounters. Josh Waters may have taken out the opening race of the Australian Superbike Championship up in Darwin on his McMaster Racing Ducati, but it was Troy Herfoss who took out the two Sunday races on his Penrite Honda Racing entry to take out the round up in Darwin. Tim Playford and David Walden in their Mazdas dominated the combined sedans races. Max Verstappen continued his winning ways by taking the Canadian Grand Prix. It was Red Bull's 100th victory in the top level ahead of Aston Martin's Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton in his Mercedes. Oscar Piastri finished 12th for McLaren. MotoGP raced at the Saxon Ring in Germany where Ducati once again greeted the chequered flag. This time it was Jorge Martin doing the double on his satellite entry from Francesco Bagnaia and Johan Zarco. Aussie Jack Miller was 6th on his KDM and the first non-Ducati. It was Spaniard Alex Pelot winning the IndyCar race at Road America ahead of Indy 500 victor Joseph Newgarden and Pato Award. It was a trouble race for Aussie Willpower after he finished 13th. Scott Dixon led the New Zealand charge in 4th from Scott McLaughlin placing 8th and early contender Marcus Armstrong in 24th. Hunter McElroy finished the Indy next event in 3rd after charging from 13th. Finally, the Shannon's Trophy Series held its maiden event at Sydney Motorsport Park. Shane Smolin and Justin Rougier took 3 out of 4 wins in their Porsche Cayman GT4 to take out the production car and GT4 Australia race event. Nash Morris took the last in Mark Griffith's Mercedes-AMG. Max Gagan took three victories in the Toyota Gazoo Racing Australia Scholarship Series from Lachlan Bloxham and Oscar Target. John Goodacre, partnered by Cameron McLeod, took out the Mark Cars Australia Championship event, taking two victories as Adam Hargraves took the remaining race. Alex Gardner and Peter Padden shared the wins in the Radical Australia Cup, while William Britton led the way in the XLs after taking three victories as Shannon Williams scored the other. The Improved Production Nationals was also held as Adam Poole took victory in his Holden Monaro from the Mazarek 7 of Zach Hudson and Scott Cook in over 2 litre. Ryan Gorton took under 2 litre honours. 
That's the race news from home and abroad. I'm Heath McAlpine reporting for Parked Up Plus with thanks to Bob Jane Two Marts. Well, that's it for now. Back to chilly Melbourne before more fun in the sun at Townsville in a few weeks. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 